assistance through Virginia's community colleges is your pathway to a new future, helping those who qualify pay for school and train for the right career. Right where you are, right now. Get a skill. Get a job. Get ahead. You can learn more at vccs.edu forward slash G3. Graves, regardless of if you've done tattoos or not uh, in the past, I would be open and willing to let you tattoo me. That is the nicest thing anybody's ever said to me. (laughs) I wouldn't let you come near me with a needle. Welcome, welcome, welcome to After the Bell. I am still Corey Graves, and we have so much to get to. We are still reeling in the wake of a massive NXT TakeOver Vengeance Day. Going to break that all down, and the NXT champion Finn Balor joins the show. We're going to learn a lot about his WrestleMania plans, uh, but co-captaining this journey. That's growth. Co-captaining this journey this week. The one and only voice of NXT, Cupid's favorite victim, Vic Joseph. I, I'm speechless because that's the nicest thing you've ever said to me in I'm all in the years mood. we've ever known each other, I which know, is I, very rare. It, it is very rare uh, with good reason. Usually I have my, my reasons for my misery, but today is not one of those days. So feel free to help me steer the ship this week. Well, this is after the bell. Okay. That was probably a mistake on my part to allow you that much leeway. All right. Then now you try it. No, I just did it, Vic. This is my podcast. Did you do the after the bell? Th- well, I just said, you just said I was a co-captain. How's it now to yours? How have you made me regret that decision within 30 seconds? Because that's how much charm I have as an individual. I don't know about all that, but you did have the best seat in the house for Woo. the madness that was TakeOver. But before we talk about TakeOver, Vic, how was your Valentine's weekend? A, a few things. One, I did a whole Valentine's Day week. Really? By the way, yeah. I did a whole Valentine's Day week. Every Explain. day. Walk me every through day this. Walk so, me through what a, what a Valentine's week looks like. So Monday was supposed to be a hot air balloon ride, but I had to produce NXT UK. So Monday got shelved to this past Monday, which would have been just a few days ago. So Tuesday. Wait, is, it, is that like, wait, wait, let me, let me stop you there. Is that like a plan you made that you knew wasn't going to actually happen, but you were like, oh, I can no. make these grandiose hot air balloon plans, no, I but I not. know I have to work. No, okay. I did not. So Tuesday she went and she went to a spa. Wednesday, my gift to her was work, which was a TV day for us. I mean, that's as great as you can get. Thursday, I got a singing balloon. I got flowers and I got strawberries and chocolate, but not chocolate covered strawberries. So we could make our own strawberries together in the kitchen. Friday, we went to a three course meal here in Orlando. Saturday was a production day show was Sunday. And to make up Monday, I took her to a restaurant of your recommendation, Hillstone, which we absolutely loved in Orlando. So it was a week's worth. That's, that's a restaurant that I've never actually been to. I know, but you told me about it. And then you actually didn't get reservations to it, which bummed you out. Right. Well, so, I'll take full credit for the success of your Valentine's Day then. However, you opened my eyes to something via your Valentine's Day gift to your children. Donuts. You got donuts. Mackenzie loves donuts. I never knew what a red hot, red light Krispy Kreme was. I'd never had a warm glazed donut before in my life. Whoa, 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 what? 
Yes. You've never had a fresh Krispy Kreme donut? I went in there yesterday. I, like, I just got goosebumps. I know it's a podcast. I don't know if you can see them or not, but they're coming up. She's like, oh, it's five o'clock. We can go get a red light special or what's it called? I don't know what the red name hot, of it is, but when the sun, hot, when the whatever, sun comes yeah. on, yeah. So I was like, the hell is that? She goes, are you serious? I go, no. She goes, Graves just got Krispy Kremes the other day. We got to go over there. You've never had one. I go, no. We go in and you literally see these donuts rolling down the aisle, getting glazed. And then the dude at the front just takes them off the rack and hands them to you. Changed my life. I had two and a half donuts fresh off the rack. And then I microwaved one later just to have that warm. I've never had a warm glazed donut before in my life until the other day. Thanks to you. Well, I'm going to blow your mind once again, because there's a little bit of magic to putting a bacon cheeseburger between two warm glazed donuts. from. Will Krispy you Kreme. stop? I'm serious. Ask Jason Jordan. We used to eat them all the time. So do you take the donut, cut it in half? No, and no, then put no. The, or do you do no, donut, no, donut on the bottom? That's amateur stuff. Okay. You take one donut, you stack. I used to put two patties, double cheeseburger with cheese and bacon, and then another donut on top and it's about this big we used to get real crazy and i put the whole thing in my foreman grill kind of panini style panini style bro you don't know what you're missing oh my well i did not know what i was missing with a warm krispy kreme glazed donut krispy kreme hot now is the oh. phrase on the sign that is uh, of the utmost importance and by the way i'll take all the credit for uh mckenzie's love of donuts even though i'm a duncan guy so there's you know there's a little well, you two can argue about that all i know is my life was changed with a warm fresh off the rack Glazed donut. Well, Thanks to I'm Corey Graves. Fresh donuts gave Vic goosebumps. I had goosebumps on Sunday, but for other reasons, as did you. NXT TakeOver Vengeance Day. You were there ringside calling the action with Wade and Beth. Uh, what was your initial takeaway? Well, my initial takeaway is you and I got a call TakeOver 30. It's just a different atmosphere whenever right. you have a chance to do a TakeOver. And to sit there on that day, watching those matches, man, all of them were main event level. Yeah. That's what's that. That's what's crazy. And I don't know if it's a huge discrepancy, but we know we have two, two and a half hours. It's not going to stretch itself out to four, four and a half. Like we were in the moment, five matches, main event. They all stood out. The three champions retained, but it was sitting there and it was like, we just started it. What just happened? And, and yeah. it was over. It happened that quick. It was that fun. I think that's one of the best things about the way takeovers are done, how they have been historically and how they continue to be is it's just enough. It's jam-packed with action start to finish. But to your point, it's not a marathon. It's never exhausting. Before you know it, here's this banger of a main event. And it's like, oh, wait. And uh, the aftermath of TakeOver, of course, has everybody buzzing about what's to come in the future weeks in NXT. Uh, what stood out to you the most? Well, there were two matches that stood out, but one overall arching theme really was the, the Dusty Rose Tag Team Classic matches. Sure. I, we, we talked about this you know, earlier on the podcast, uh, I think last week, I never had the opportunity to meet Dusty Rhodes. And I, I still feel the effects of his teachings because it's still being passed down. You know, so let's start with the women's Dusty Cup, for instance. And when you think about history being made, the evolution of the women over the last few years, the winners were Dakota Kai, Raquel Gonzalez, and both are operating on, on a level of the last year of a, of a great story and friendship and bond and just seeing both of them step up to the plate. So to win that now gets me sitting there going, wait, these guys, these, they get women tag team title opportunity now. So you're going to have Nia Jackson, Shayna Baszler against Dakota Kai, Raquel Gonzalez. That makes me excited. And again, that's the aftermath of TakeOver. 
Yeah, I, I agree with you, man. It's it's there's something very rare on the horizon as far as the women's division goes. And you've got two genuine monsters in Nia Jax and Raquel Gonzalez, who for weeks and weeks and weeks now, I've been paying a lot of attention to her and what she's capable of. I think there's big money to be made with Raquel Gonzalez as she grows, as she adapts and evolves. She's still very, very new at this, but Mm -hmm. she has got so many tools. I was actually texting with our good friend, mutual friend, Mikey uh, during Mm -hmm. takeover as I was watching it. And he drew an interesting comparison he compared Raquel Gonzalez to Kevin Nash in that she's an attractive, in-shape monster, which is different. Usually you think monster, you think big, gnarly, you know, powerhouse. She's got all that, but she, she's an attractive person. Like, it's like a Kevin Nash where, wow, it's not like she's a freak. She's just a big, badass woman. And I think the, more, the better she gets, uh, the, the brighter her future is going to be. So that was step one of what, you know, stepped out to answer your question. The other part of that equation is the men's Dusty Cup. Contrasting styles. Uh, grizzled Young Veterans, to me, are a team that I, I enjoy calling their matches. I've had a chance to do it since NXT UK. They always tell a, a great story. Zach Gibson, I think, is just needs a little bit more to break through that quote-unquote glass ceiling because I just find his work to be absolutely amazing. But MSK wins. And I think the feeling, who's MSK? They've only had three or four matches. They came out of nowhere. They came on the scene. The underdog story was told. I've gotten to know the guys a little bit, but I think there's still a lot of questions from the universe about who exactly won the men's Dusty Cup, which is also intriguing, and I understand how it leaves questions in people's mind. Oh, I think it's a great way to burst on the scene. It's a great way to force the the NXT fans to pay attention. MSK is here. They're legit. They won the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic. I just personally have questions. I'm not around NXT like I used to be. I'm not around anywhere near like you are nowadays. But there was a time when I was spending all these hours in the performance center. I had personal connections with everybody on the roster, even when I started doing commentary. So I had a lot to draw from. Now I look at it more objectively and I go, hmm, I don't know what to make of them yet. Are they incredibly talented? Absolutely. But who are they? And, And you mentioned Dusty. And to me, that was the thought that, kept seeping into my mind throughout takeover was maybe that was because I was in the headspace of Dusty Rhodes and what Dusty meant to me. And I got to work so closely with him and, and so many mega stars on our roster now will credit Dusty with, you know, helping them figure out who they are. Dusty was very character focused. Dusty Rhodes could care less how many wrestling moves you knew. Dusty wanted to know what makes you tick because he could find the smallest little thing about you and blow it up and make it a persona or a personality and really kind of help people figure out who they are in the wrestling world. And that was the one thing that I noticed throughout TakeOver. There's a wealth of talent. We have arguably the best wrestlers in the world in NXT. The matches start to finish unbelievable. I was having a hard time, with a few exceptions, knowing who these people are. What makes them tick? Why are they the way that they are? MSK, for example. Yeah, they were spectacular to watch. They did some pretty mind-blowing stuff. They're obviously great athletes. But what makes them important to me, the viewer? Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I do. And I think it's a great way of, of putting it because I think there are a lot of questions out there. And you see the, I don't want to use the word evolve again, but the, 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 the evolution of superstars. Like, I have a personal connection with Johnny Gargano. Right. And you have seen the way Johnny started in NXT to where Johnny is now. Totally different individual, totally different character on screen. But then you see other 
superstars, whether it's MSK that some people have questions about, whether it's uh, Shotzi Blackheart, some people have questions about, like, what is it about Shotzi Blackheart? Well, she's unique. She has the tattoos. I would consider, I would consider her one of the exceptions for sure. I mean, you okay. see, just visually speaking, Shotzi stands out for what, I don't know what makes her tick, why she is the way that she is, but she stands out. She's got a very discernible personality. And again, this isn't a shot at anybody. This is just sure. what I would like to see more of. I would like to know why these people are the way that they are, what makes them stand out for reasons other than being great at pro wrestling. We've got a well, roster Timothy full. You got a, Timothy, okay, Thatcher, Thatcher stands out to me. Okay. Not only for being an amazing wrestler, but his look, his, the the thatches, thatch can, uh, the vignettes. You got a little bit of, uh, of a glimpse into what makes this dude tick. And again, I'm not painting everybody with the same brush. There are certainly exceptions. I just look at it similar to how I think Dusty viewed things just because I was able to work underneath him for so long and learn his perspective on things. And I think NXT could use a little in, injection of personality. As far as to stand out, everybody has metal music. Everybody wears trunks and kick pads. Everybody's in great shape. Why does one differ from the other? From a, And again, and a lot of people just watch NXT for in-ring action. And if that's your, your vibe, that's your flavor of ice cream, cool. I, I understand it. I'm just saying for Corey Graves, the wrestling fan, knowing what I've known and, and, and the way my mind works, obviously with Raw and SmackDown that I'm focused on now, I think uh, we need to know who these people are a little bit more. When, when, I, when I compare everything to NXT, I think back to my time there, right? You knew who Bailey was. You knew what made Seth Rollins tick. You knew who everybody, I mean, there were exceptions, of course. There always are. Sure. But I feel like the Wyatt family, you knew what they were about. Uh, Adam Rose, for goodness sake, he was this party animal. You know, it didn't translate, obviously, to, to major success on Raw or SmackDown, but you knew who these people were. And that was the thing as somebody who I regularly watch NXT, but I don't study it like I used to. I don't follow every bit of it. So when I sit down and watch TakeOver, I look at it thinking as a general wrestling fan who may not know who all these people are, in this case, it was me. What could they show me to make me care a little bit more, to hook me a little bit deeper? No, I, I don't think anything you're saying is wrong because everyone can look at art. You can look at a painting and you're going to think one thing differently than I think mm -hmm. uh, of that piece of art. So it's the way we all perceive what we're seeing on a screen, what we're seeing in a ring on a promo and, and the list goes on. So I don't think anything you've said is wrong. I do want to talk about one guy though, in particular, because it does have to do a takeover that you're trying to see the, the next step for him in terms of being a character and what makes him tick and why I like him or don't like him. And it's Cameron Grimes. Yes. I mean, Cameron Grimes came out last week in that Lamborghini with the, the horn. And I was looking around like, what is, is going on? And he comes out throwing money and kissed my grits and spitting in his beard and it's hanging down. And I was like, Oh, this is funny. And I'm literally laughing yes. on yes. air, but that's part of the fun. Exactly. To me, Cameron Grimes stands out. I, I tweeted something uh, to that effect right after I watched takeover. I watched it first thing Monday morning. Uh, but as I was watching it, even his vignette that they showed, I was like, man, I can get behind this dude. Cameron Grimes, I've seen him wrestle. We call he was in the, the North American ladder yeah, match at, yeah. at takeover. I've seen him wrestle. He's very talented. But now, 
And, and he had a, a bit of a personality prior to the, the kind of backwoods hillbilly style. I, I was very entertained by, but now he has a different layer. He's the, the rich, I think somebody called him the, uh, the million dollar caveman. I saw something on Twitter. Somebody called him that. Wait, and wait I call him like the bumpkin, the, the, the bumpkin backyard billionaire or something like that. Whatever it like, is. Like, what are we talking about? It's just fun. It's just such a discernible character and personality. I know what, within 30 seconds, what Cameron Grimes is all about now. And that to me is a sign of a great sports entertainment personality, which is what ultimately drives this business. I, sure. Everyone to your point yeah. has different Flavors of ice cream. It's the oldest analogy, but anybody that works here will tell you. Everybody likes something different. I enjoy the emotion of wrestling. Okay, I love a cool match with good moves, but if I am not emotionally invested in the person doing those moves, it's just a good match. It differed specifically to me in the main event, Pete Dunne and Finn Balor. I obviously have a personal connection with Finn Balor. I've been a fan of Pete Dunne for quite some time. They stand out to me. So I felt the emotion of that match. The rest of the matches were awesome matches. I just personally would like to see a little bit more character. Yeah, and it goes back to what you said at the at the start of why do why do I care? And, and you actually, I think, sat with John Cena on this show a year ago. Yeah, you're gonna have just ago. about yeah, and there was something that was said from John where he was talking about like if I step into the ring with somebody, why do the people care? Yes, why do you want? Why are you going to watch me fight? What draws you to me? And you can only see so many great wrestling matches so many times. Exactly. So I, I don't. I don't disagree with you. I have. I have personally sat there with a connection to Pete Dunn. I've gotten to know Finn, so I was excited about their match. MSK guys, I'm starting to learn about. I was very excited for them to win, learning about Nash Carter's personal journey about his father, the tattoo right. that's on his chest, going into Dusty Road. So to me, it's an onion. We got to keep adding layers. Absolutely. Layers Absolutely. Or peeling, peeling them back either or way. Or peeling them back, yeah. I, I agree. And the, the, the story you told, that that interested me. That caught my attention. But that was the first time I was hearing that. I would love to have seen mm. something a little more in-depth. Just you know, Whether it be a sit-down interview with those guys or something. I just... I don't know them. And again, I don't mean this is a shot in any capacity. Sure. This is not diminishing anything that happened. I thought takeover start to finish was awesome. I'm just saying that Corey Graves, opinionated wrestling broadcaster, would like to see some more discerning characters. And I'll draw this analogy. I'm a big MMA fan, as are many. And in UFC, you've got the best fighters on the planet Earth. Who's the biggest star in MMA? Conor McGregor. Conor McGregor, yeah. Not necessarily because he's the best fighter in MMA. He, he's incredible. Don't get me wrong. But, I mean, as we saw recently, he, he's lost a step or two. But he's still as big of a star as he ever was because people connect with what he does outside of the octagon. You know who Conor McGregor is. He's larger than life. He's a personality. You feel one way or another. You may love him. You may hate him. But either way, you're going to watch him fight because of who he is. Dustin Poirier beat Conor McGregor, but people aren't clamoring for Dustin Poirier interviews sure. and merchandise and people aren't all of a sudden obsessed going, oh, this is the guy that beat him. It, I'm not saying it's right, but personality is what connects human beings to sports, sports entertainment, all walks of life. And I feel like we need more of it. Well, you pay to see someone get their ass kicked because they annoy you. 
Exactly. I want to see that guy get his ass kicked. Trust me. I I hope there are a lot of people watching going, God, I can't wait till someone punches Cameron Grimes in the face. I'm sure there will be. (laughs) It's so over the top. You know what I mean? But, but it makes you feel something. Did you want me to get punched in the face Sunday for my pink suit? I'm just going to ask you you to get punched in the face every day for no real valid reason. That's harsh. And no, it didn't have anything to do with your pink suit. And let me, let me, I'm going to cut you off at the pass. I liked it. I did. I thought you looked very nice. I, I was a bit skeptical. Uh, a pink suit is not necessarily easy to pull off, but you did it. Uh, I don't know if I liked your shoes, though. Anyway, there's a lot more to get to. Uh, NXT champion Finn Balor, we got a chat with him a little bit ago. You guys are going to hear that, and you definitely don't want to miss what Finn is hoping his WrestleMania weekend looks like. There's a lot more ATB coming right at you. G3 Assistance through Virginia's community colleges is your pathway to a new future, helping those who qualify pay for school and train for the right career. Right where you are, right now. Get a skill. Get a job. Get ahead. You can learn more at vccs.edu forward slash G3. It's ATB, Graves, Vic, breaking down all things WWE. Talked a lot about TakeOver. Something else that has had the internet buzzing all weekend long, Vic. A guy that I have been a fan of for years, even predating our time in WWE together. A guy I've considered a great friend. Finally appears to be getting a little bit of the love that I've been saying and many people have been saying he so deserves for years. I'm talking about Cesaro. Did you see the talking smack clip? Graves, I did watch it. And it was the first time that Cesaro had spoken in a promo or made comments that actually captured me, the fan, where I knew it wasn't just a wrestling promo. That was him speaking for real. And it's those very few occasions that you have someone's genuine thoughts coming out that you know, oh, this isn't BS. This is actually how he feels. And it it captured me in, in that moment. I watched it all the way through. I watched it twice, actually. I think it had gone viral by the time I actually saw the clip. Uh, and I watched it. And to your point, that was the guy that we have, I have known that so many of us in the locker room have gone up and down the roads with for years. That's the guy that we know. And for some reason, Cesaro has never quite translated to mega stardom in WWE because that, that's not his strong suit. He is not an entertaining, captivating orator. He is the world's best wrestler, period, point blank. It's finally gotten to a point where he's realized that's all he's ever going to be is the world's best wrestler, which that, that, and then I don't say that to, to, to diminish it or make it less sure. important. That is who Cesaro is. That is what he brings to the table. He is pound for pound the strongest man in WWE. That's not just a tagline we say. I legitimately think it's probably true. And the guy is a wizard from bell to bell. He's an amazing human being behind the scenes. One of my favorite people in the locker room. If I've ever, you know, we, we've, we've picked each other up. We've both commiserated about things when things are bad. We've, we've celebrated together when things are good. I am honest to God in my soul happy. And I'm hoping that this is the spark that Cesaro needs 
to make it to the top of the card and become a main event player in WWE, which I don't think anybody will disagree with. He's got the tools with everything, with the exception of his ability to cut a captivating promo. And I'll echo a lot of the statements you just made because I have an, a, a new appreciation for the man that is Claudio. But just not, I'm taking Cesaro out of this Great. Uh, to, to the, to the man, because I knew of him ahead of time. I, I watched his stuff. I got here. I got to know him, work with him, but in probably the last year or so, we've kind of become friends, whether it's texting dad jokes to each other or talking about coffee. I mean, he's just a guy too, that knows how good he is, but still shows up in the performance center to work out, to get in the ring, to work on his craft. So everything you've just said about, he's the best wrestler in the world. He still is working at what makes him great. And to me, that's not only respect that shows you a genuine love for all of this. And when he made those, that, that speech, when he cut that promo, when he, when he made that whole thing on talking smack, I thought, man, I've heard him say this to me. Right. But now he's doing it there on that screen. Wow. Yep. This and, is and going to catch fire. I, I sincerely hope so. And this is going to sound a little bit grandiose. So okay. hear me out. So in my mind, as we so often do, everybody has their opinions on who could be where and it, fantasy booking, basically. Just, just like we talk about with art. We all see yes. it differently. Yeah. And, and the car rides, rebooking the territory. Every, you know, Stone Cold <laughs> talks about it. You ride from town yeah. to town. You just say, oh, well, this guy should be on top. This guy should be that. It is my personal belief that with the right situation surrounding him, Cesaro could reach very, very new and very high levels of success if he was looked at in the same way fans at one time looked at Bruno San Martino. Okay. I'm sure that the internet's going to blow up and go, Corey Graves compares Cesaro to Bruno San Martino. And I am not in a legendary Hall of Fame Bruno San Martino, the, the guy who is Americana, he's pop culture, but he was a classy immigrant who came to the United States. Bruno's backstory is, is amazing. You know, uh, having to flee because of the Nazis and Bruno, Bruno lived a life comes to America and becomes the biggest star in pro wrestling, sports entertainment. Bruno wasn't a flashy guy. Bruno wasn't known for captivating interviews. Bruno for, from the footage that I've seen has never really blown my mind with his ability to, to speak uh, to talk them into the seats, as they say. Bruno was just the dude. Bruno was the best wrestler in the world, and people promoted him as such and treated him as such, so the fans looked at him with that reverence. This is the guy. He's the guy that's going to champion for years and years and years because no one can beat Bruno because he's just that good. Not because Bruno had a, a cool entrance song or a great jacket that he wore to the ring that made, and glitz and glamour and, and all the, the sizzle. Bruno was all steak. Cesaro is all stake. Cesaro, if given the position and the reverence that I think he deserves as the best in-ring competitor in the world, maybe Daniel Bryan, good argument, not going to have that right now. But to me, Cesaro, if treated as such, should be viewed in the same vein as a competitor slash character like a Bruno San Martino. So you're saying play on the uh, fans' perception of reality. Yeah, which is reality. Which is reality, but when you take Bruno, like, he's not promoted, they promote him as the best in the world, and then fans go, 
holy crap, this is the best guy in the world. We got to go see him. We got to turn on the television. Sure. We gotta, I, go to the show. I just think it's a matter of how it, it's all in the presentation. You know what I mean? Cesaro looks like a star. He, he is a star. Everything about that dude is money aside from his speaking ability because he can't, he can't portray something that he's not verbally. The guy speaks five languages. He's not a dumb guy. He just doesn't, it just doesn't convey. There's a lot of people like that. I mean, think of, uh, you've covered pro sports for years. Some of the biggest stars in sports are boring as hell to listen to. They just get it done on the field. You know what I mean? Not everybody has a larger than life personality, but what they do in their actions is larger than life. And I feel like that's what, that's Cesaro's wheelhouse. And I feel like given the opportunity that it looks like he's going to get, if you look at him as such, it adds a legitimacy to our business. It's realistic. I think everything about Cesaro, I, to me, if he wins in the elimination chamber on Sunday, it would not shock me if he beat Roman Reigns. Oh, and it, it, this is a superstar. You talk about being pound for pound the strongest. I've seen him in the weight room throwing things around. He puts his mind to something. He's a scary individual. He is terrifying. Terrifying, terrifying individual. Yes. When he, when he puts it all together. If Let's go a different route. Let's say it doesn't work out the way you think it will in the next three months. You know where, you know where I think what should happen to Cesaro? He should go to NXT on Wednesdays. I'm not even mad at you because, I mean, that was when the world first got a glimpse of what Cesaro was about. He and Sami Zayn at TakeOver. Oh, my God, man. That, that made Cesaro a, a megastar in the eyes of the NXT fans, and it gave him momentum. And he's, listen, don't get me wrong. Cesaro's already had an unbelievable career. He's a multiple-time champion in WWE. It's not like he doesn't get any respect. People know what we have here. I'm excited for the fans to hopefully finally get a glimpse at what everybody in the business already knows. And that's how good he is. And everyone roots for him because he's a hell of a human being. He is one of the best. And if he can come to, I'm just going to say it again. If he can come to NXT, I only can imagine the matches he can have with that roster, including its champion currently, Finn Balor. More Cesaro and NXT. Vic, I mean, selfishly, I hope he stays on SmackDown where I get to call the action. But uh, I wish we would have thought to ask our guest about him specifically, Cesaro. But I feel like you did a magnificent job as my co-captain of setting me up to take us where we're going to go right Thank now. You. We were lucky enough to catch up with the NXT champion. Here's Finn Balor. It is finally time for the first time in way too long, coming off of a grueling defense of the NXT championship this past Sunday at TakeOver Vengeance Day, and still... Your NXT champion, Finn Balor. Finn, how are you, my friend? Graves, good to hear from you, man. Vic, hello. Hey, uh, Finn. Yeah, big, big takeover on uh, on Sunday night. So, still feeling a couple of those wounds. All right, I think you can see some on my, on my forehead. <laughs> a couple of lumps. <laughs> Understandably, what a battle, man! What a match! You guys absolutely tore it up. We talked about it last week here on ATB. How excited I was! Uh, obviously, I've been a big Finn Balor fan for many years, but Pete Dunne to me. Uh, no one deserved to be in that spot as much as he did on Sunday. Uh, how, how are you feeling initially coming out of that match? Uh, feeling good. I'd like to speak on Pete Dunne for a moment because I've been doing this 20 plus years and I've been in the ring with all sorts of, you know, talented guys, you know, throughout my journey. And I feel like Pete Dunne is like right up there in the top five guys I've ever been in the ring with. He's absolutely a special talent. And uh, at his age, like, 
his confidence that he has in the ring, his ability, his skill. He's uh, he's one of the absolute best I've ever been in the ring with. So hats off to Pete. You know, uh, a lot lot of respect for Pete. Yeah, so it's, you talk about Pete. Beth Phoenix actually brought it up in commentary of that matchup that for everything Pete Dunn has accomplished, he's only 26 years old. Like he's, yeah. he's going to be 27. I mean, it's unbelievable to think what he's done. And then for you to say that, I mean, that's that just says it all about Pete Dunn. Yeah, and you know, that was it's kind of been the the reoccurring thread in, in this NXT run is that um, most of the times you see me lock up with someone is, you know, the very first time I've locked up with them. That was the case with, you know, Gargano. That was the case with Riddle. That was the case with Priest. And that was the same with Pete. So um, definitely the first lockup, but uh, hopefully not the last. I hope we get to do it again. I want to ask you about your your in-ring style. It's definitely evolved since you returned to NXT. I'm a huge fan of it. Uh, there's a lot of guys down there. It, it really stood out to me at the TakeOver 30 that I got to call when you wrestled uh, Timothy Thatcher. You guys stayed in the ring. You guys stay on the mat. It's It's very slow paced and methodical at times it's hard hitting and, and intense but is that something you consciously decided like hey i'm going to change it because it, it's it stands out in its simplicity versus everything else that you get used to seeing these days it's kind of a conscious decision now but it was kind of like a gradual progression and like i've said it before that i was guilty of trying to please way too many people you know and not please myself in you know past versions of the Finn character and, you know, what I was doing in the ring. And I feel like I've gone back to pleasing myself, you know, inside and outside of the ring and kind of trying to, you know, deliver a style of wrestling that, you know, I enjoy to watch and also like I enjoy to execute and something that, you know, I feel that, you know, I'm better at than the, you know, classic traditional WWE style and uh, trying to, you know, maybe for too long trying to fit into a box that I didn't really fit and then just trying to go out there and express myself, you know, truly as, you know, how I feel wrestling should be expressed. Yeah, that's a great, you know, point that Corey just brought up because to me, the last three bouts that you have had, two against Kyle, the one we just talked about, Pete, have been some of the toughest, nastiest, grittiest Finn Balor matches. Not only have I seen that I've called, I don't know if you agree with that or not. Yeah, I think so. Uh, I think... You know, it's definitely a, a kind of I've hit the, the reset button in the ring with what I'm doing. I think it's kind of a I've moved back to maybe a little bit of the way I was wrestling in Japan for some years. And, uh, you know, obviously it helps that you're in a ring with these great talents because, you know, Timothy Thatcher, Kyle O'Reilly, you know, uh, these guys are all incredible. Pete Dunne, you know, different level. So uh, getting to kind of test myself against these guys is something that like I enjoy. And, uh, you know, they're kind of, they're bringing out the best of me for sure. So I think the entire world was a little skeptical, at least asked some questions when you voluntarily made the move to NXT, I think right about the same time we last talked, uh, yeah. right when, after the bell first started. Looking back now in hindsight, has it turned out as you expected, better, worse? Uh, I didn't know what to expect. It was kind of on, I was kind of under the impression it was going to be like a three month deal and kind of reboot Finn and, and reset and, you know, go back to Raw or go back to SmackDown and kind of go back to, to things as normal. But it's kind of evolved into something that, um, that I don't think anyone expected. And I think it's, it's thanks to how NXT is also evolving and like really truly its own brand now. Uh, so, you know, I don't know what to expect. 
going forward. I don't know how long it's going to last, but I have to say, like, I'm super happy in NXT. There's, you know, no reason for me to like want to move anywhere in my career at this point. I feel like I'm still growing, and I think that's the the one of the best things I've done in my career is like knowing when to move and knowing when there's you know something to change. And that was the case in Europe, and that was the case in Japan, and you know that was the case when I was you know on Raw and SmackDown, and and you know I'm sure I w- will get to a point where I know that you know this NXT you know has kind of has run its course, and you know it'll be time to make a change. But you know I don't see that coming anytime soon. Well, I can tell you personally, I'm glad it wasn't three months because I've enjoyed this <laughs> ride of you, of you being here because my job's easy. I mean, Corey can yeah. contest to that of, of in ring. If you have great styles inside the ring and a great story to tell, it makes our job easy because then we're engaged and it's so fun to sit there and watch those type of matches that, that you've been putting on. Talk about Raw and SmackDown, you coming to NXT. Who in Finn Balor's mind would you like to see that's a current Raw or SmackDown superstar come to the black and gold brand? Wow. Uh, I think we could all learn so much from Randy Orton. And have all him, right. you know, I know, I know that's like okay. a, a little bit of a different kind of idea. Uh, you know, a lot of people would want me to say Kevin Owens. A lot of people want me to say Ricochet. But I feel like, you know, Randy could really bring uh, NXT to the next level, you know, with regards to the effect he would have on, on the people around him in the locker room, you know, in the ring, his professionalism, uh, his experience but you know if, if i could get a run with kevin owens if i could get a run with samoa joe oh my god that would be incredible those were good times i remember yeah. a, a little rivalry that took place i was ringside for those ones <laughs> i'm sitting here <laughs> yeah. salivating right now just like oh yeah, like, yeah. let's talk about that <laughs> yeah Vic, Vic, going back to like you know the the grittiness like i feel like i really learned a lot of that in the ring with you know guys like kevin and guys like joe i think it was very much like a technical you know, smooth kind of transitional guy. And then like, you know, they really taught me to, to kind of toughen up and, and learn how to dig in and fight. So I, I owe those guys a lot. And I, I don't think I'd be remiss in drawing some comparisons to uh, a William Regal or Fit Finley in that style where it, it looks just nasty, like a fight. And it's something that I, I wasn't always appreciative of. When I, I was never a fan of watching William Regal matches or Fit Finley matches. Obviously, I got to know them, got to learn the psychology behind why they did what they did. And now I can look back and go, oh, my God, they were so far ahead of their time. Uh, is, it, is there anybody in particular that you study or you draw from uh, when, when you're putting together these, this new style? Uh, not especially, you know, obviously great points. You know, Regal and Finley, those guys, I was always a huge fan of how they worked for not necessarily like the entertainment value, but you know, how real it looked yes. and how, how gritty it was and how yep. nasty it was. And it always to me felt different. And I couldn't like, as a, as a fan, as a younger guy, couldn't put my finger on like, what is it that makes these guys look so much different than everyone else that's doing it now? Obviously like getting that comparison is a huge, huge compliment. Uh, but I don't know. I think I was influenced by different things, but I don't really learn by like watching stuff or, or, I learned by doing it and it's been like a slow, slow progression of like doing it one way and messing up and doing it another way and messing up and doing it a different way and messing up again. And, and finally kind of, it's all started to come together recently, you know? Well, I'm enjoying it. Keep, uh, keep messing up and figuring it out. I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying <laughs> you're, the growth. You're enjoying it. I'm loving it right yeah, now. Exactly. Every single Wednesday sitting exactly. there. It's great. So, so we're, obviously we're recording this Tuesday morning, NXT tomorrow night on USA Network. 
I'm sure there will be some more information revealed as to what the future holds for Finn Balor, but let's just have a little fun right now. Off the top of your head, you were talking about guys you're stepping in the ring with for the very first time, uh, looking up and down the NXT roster or even in the performance center, maybe somebody who's not in front of the cameras yet. Who's standing out to Finn Balor right now? Uh, well, you know, you could go to the usual suspects, Kyle standing out, Adam Cole standing out, Carrying uh, Cross is, is standing out. Uh, someone in NXT is Noah, who's I th- I feel is standing out. You know, super huge to me, and someone who I think has a huge uh, you know future ahead of him. But um, you know, with regards to what's going to happen tomorrow night, I have no idea. Obviously, <laughs> we were uh, we were all left a little bit confused as to how Takeover went off the air. Sure, but, um, you know that's something that we kind of got to expect. You know, uh, I've been in a in a in a unit or a group or a club, you know, in, in the past. And, you know, there's always those internal struggles, you know, if they're in front of the camera or behind the camera. And uh, I feel like those guys are kind of going through that right now. So they got to kind of figure that out by themselves. And, you know, whether they stay together or whether they, you know, move on is kind of going back to what I was saying with my career, you know, in Europe and Japan, they got to, you know, choose the right time to do that for them. And if it's now and they split, you know, we'll, we'll see it tomorrow night on, on the, on NXT, but you know, if they feel it's the right time to stay together and uh, and keep pushing forward, I'm sure that's what they'll do too. I almost let out of a uh, word you're not allowed to say on television during NXT Takeover when all that went down because I was just as shocked as anyone else. I went, "What the fuck?" And I had to pull myself back at the last moment. What I've heard tonight so far in this conversation is the Garganos, the Coles, the O'Reillys, and you talking about that quote unquote new generation of NXT superstars. I think the things I see on social media and talk to others about is, oh, Finn Balor is the vet coming back to teach and mentor the Garganos. And, and I always go, no, 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 no. Finn Balor's coming back to prove he's the best. He's to prove that he is the number one guy in wrestling. Have all these matches, though, intrigued you? Because you see the Goldbergs come back. And Goldberg was with us, Graves, three weeks ago. Three weeks ago, yeah. You know, and talk about these once-in-a-lifetime matches. I don't think many people thought Finn Balor-Gargano or Finn Balor-Cole, Finn Balor-O'Reilly. These are happening now in your prime. You know, does that interest you continuing to move forward? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I don't feel in any way that I'm a vet <laughs> in the sense, you know. I know I've been around, you know, a little while in terms of the business, but, you know, with regards to WWE, I feel like, you know, I'm a, you know, I'm a green guy. I'm a rookie. I'm like an up and comer. And uh, I still feel like I have a lot to prove. And, you know, I need to prove that every night against every different, you know, talent in the ring. And, you know, I proved it against Roman and I proved it against Seth and I proved it against Lashley. And, you know, I want to prove it against Cole. I want to prove it against Gargano. And I want to prove it against all the talent, whether it's on, you know, Raw, SmackDown, NXT. I thrive on that challenge and you know i want to you know push myself now you know you know to the limits while i can because you know i'm sure in a couple of years you know the, the kind of the speed that i'm moving at will will have to slow down a little bit so uh if i can get as much of those matches under my belt right now and, and learn from that and grow from that you know that's what i want to do if it's possible looking back since you moved from raw and smackdown to nxt what's been the biggest change for finn balor the man wow uh I think I'm a lot more centered. Uh, I maybe in the past would not have the confidence in myself or not even realize the level that I was at. Uh, in the past, you know, I always felt like I was the guy on Raw or SmackDown that kind of, you know, they left the back door open and I snuck in. And, you know, I wasn't really supposed to be there. 
Yeah, and, a little imposter and, syndrome. And, and, yeah, and you know, even though you know I was in the main events with you know, you know Roman, Braun, all these guys, I didn't really feel like I belonged, and uh, I feel like now in the ring I know that I belong, and I know I belong in WWE, and I know I belong in any ring in the world, whether it's you know here in the United States or or abroad. So I think that kind of you know, self-confidence has really grown in, in the last years. G3 Assistance through Virginia's community colleges is your pathway to a new future, helping those who qualify pay for school and train for the right career, right where you are, right now. Learn more at vccs.edu forward slash G3. You're very open and proud about your marriage. Yes. Uh, how how has that factored into your career and centering yourself? Uh, yeah, absolutely. It, it's kind of came at a time where the, like the world also changed as well. And you know, you know, we're we're married like a year and a half, and you know, we've been living together a year and a half. And like for a year, we've really been living together because it's been like <laughs> 365 days, you know, seven yeah. days a week. Uh, the only kind of time we spend apart is, you know, when I go to NXT on Wednesdays. So, um, you know, really kind of learning a lot about myself in the sense that, you know, how selfish I am as a human with regard, not like with regards like possessions, but regards like my time and like what I want to do and when I want to do it. So really grown and learn to like really be open and share. And uh, those are the kind of things that I've kind of discovered over, you know, being married over the last year and a half. I have to ask you, we're talking about takeover vengeance day, which did take place on February 14th. Is it safe to assume Finn at least made some Valentine's plans on a different day? So Saturday morning, uh, I had to go and get COVID tested for, for uh, how romantic for takeover <laughs> so i had arranged to uh, to pick up you know some red roses on the way home i came home with some red roses and some breakfast that was saturday morning then uh, we had a little bit of prosecco to prepare for takeover on saturday night but you know still got an early night sure and then i came home uh from takeover with two double cheeseburgers 10 chicken McNuggets, two sundaes two large cokes so that's what we had i, I just fell in love with you hearing the story yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nothing better than the so, golden so arches yeah so that, that, that's how we celebrated on the, on sunday night well now i'm very interested because graves went down this path do you ever just wake up and just cook random meals like maybe just wearing your gear just but not the deep heads or anything just like the black what, what is going through your mind i just want to know, just know. <laughs> i'm just intrigued right now that's that's one of the arguments uh me and my wife have like it's a recurrent argument that she can't understand how I have just destroyed food and like made it the most plain thing in the world because for her it's something like she enjoys and you know you know treasures and like it's a it's an event to like have a meal and for me it's just like oh just give me that piece of chicken and stuff it in my mouth it's and like go fuel, on to the yeah. next meal. <laughs> just fuel so uh, that's one of the that's one of the arguments we have the food and the AC are the two of the main arguments. <laughs> You can't touch a you can't touch a man's like dial though. Isn't that an old thing, Graves? Like when the, yeah, the, the temperature, you touch yeah. a thing, you're like, whoa, whoa, don't touch the dial. Like it's gotta yeah. be 72. 
Well, going back to the conversation earlier about like being selfish, like I've discovered that like I can't touch my lifestyle anymore. Can't, oh. <laughs> can't touch it. You know, it stays at like 75 above. And I was like a 69 guy. Oh, 75 yeah. is a little yeah, toast. Like, it's a bit, yeah, it's a bit much. I, I, I feel bad for you, man. I, I know. Yeah, she's from Mexico City. So you know, we're, yeah. we're slowly <laughs> starting to, to, to meet in the middle. You have to compromise on your climate. Yeah, I, I didn't have a plan to ask about this, but they just were on the camera. Uh, I, I noticed you've become pretty heavily tattooed over the last year. Yeah. <laughs> and I see the pictures and it's just like, oh, Finn's got this really random dinosaur tattoo. Tell me about some of them. I, I don't get to do Superstar Inc. anymore. So I, I figured uh, what's taking you down this path? Yeah, I don't know. It was always something like I was super curious about. Um, like... As like in school, I was super artistic. I almost went to art college instead of becoming a wrestler. And it was all like, I was very heavily like inspired my whole life by art. And I would always look at guys with tattoos and go, wow, that's so cool. But I had kind of the mindset of, ah, I'm so wishy-washy. And I change my mind so often that I, you know, I don't want to commit to anything or I can't commit to anything. And I think, you know, getting a little bit older and a little bit like more carefree, I thought, ah, who cares? It's just a tattoo. It's just skin. Like skin doesn't last forever. I'm going to die anyway. So I'm like, you know, it'll, it'll die with me. So, uh, you know, I got this one on my hand. I don't know if you can see, it's like me holding an astro, uh, a space helmet, like looking at the, looking at the moon kind of idea of following your dreams. I got this dinosaur that my wife drew, uh, this seagull that uh, represents my hometown. Cause I'm like from a, from a small, like little fishing village in Ireland. And, uh, a couple other bits and pieces and dates and things like that. I got my wife's name on my hand here, I think. Oh, there you it. go. Yeah. That was the one that like opened the floodgates, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, like, <laughs> well, well you, you, went, you wasted no time. When I used to work in the tattoo shop, anything on your hands or your neck, they called job stoppers. Because <laughs> if, you, if you had a tattoo on your hands or your neck, you better know what you're doing with your career. I'd say you're safe. I mean, you've done pretty well, but, but yeah, you, you just went right, right for it. Yeah, I had I had like a lot of plans to like accelerate the you know the amount of tattoos I was getting, and then like with lockdown and quarantine, a lot of the artists I want to work with are like you know outside of Florida, so I haven't been able to travel. But I think once the world gets a little bit back to normal, I'll I'll, I'll up the ante a little bit. Amen. There's an artist outside of Florida that I heard used to be pretty good at tattoos. He's probably in Pittsburgh right now. You might be talking to him. Would you ever let Graves tattoo something on your body? Absolutely. Don't answer it, Graves. That's not a question for you. <laughs> well, I'm going to cut you off, Vic, because no. I never actually did tattoos. Don't I was tell him that. Just let me get the answer out. <laughs> I think this is a great spot. We can put it on social media. Graves tattoos Finn Balor. Graves, regardless of if you've done tattoos or not uh, in the past, I would be open and willing to let you tattoo me. That is the nicest thing anybody's ever said to me. <laughs> I wouldn't let you come near me with a needle. Uh, <laughs> absolutely not. You're a brave man, Finn. You are a brave man. So, Finn, talk to us a little bit more. You're talking about the art that inspires you. Uh, this is a side that, that I don't think people get to explore very much. Where do you draw your inspiration from? Obviously, with all the, the body paint and, and throughout your career, you, you've shown glimpses of that. Where do you draw inspiration from? Everywhere, man. Comic books, movies, TV shows, like looking out the window at a tree I can draw inspiration from. Just anything. If you can, like, I feel like so many wrestlers, like, get so, like, tunnel vision and focused on, like, what's happening in wrestling. We're just, like, replicating what's happening in wrestling. And there's so many more things, you know, in the world that are, like, so incredibly beautiful that, like, you know, we can draw inspiration from. And, you know, whether it's, you know, looking at a lake or whether it's, you know, 
walking down a street in New York City and like seeing some trash on the street and going, oh, that looks cool. You know, like you, you can always be in, inspired. Oh my by something. God, it's the demon and he's dressed like a trash bin. <laughs> <laughs> Duke the dumpster drowsy. <laughs> No, but I, I appreciate that outlook, man. That's something I, I think we, we all could be better at is to take take a minute and sort of just be present and acknowledge all the all the beauty around us. Did you Sorry, I got deep. Vic, 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 Hold on. Vic, did I did. Guys, <laughs> we, yeah, Finn and I, you're not going to railroad me right now. Did you guys just have a moment? We did. Yeah. We did have a moment. <laughs> And you were excluded because you don't like nice things. I don't like nice things. As a matter of fact, I like the plainest of the plain. <laughs> like your plain gray hoodie you're wearing right now. <laughs> you didn't get the black t-shirt memo. See? No, I did not get the black t-shirt memo. Again, I was left out. You guys were texting this. Oh, I'm sorry. You get this? Yeah, yeah, never mind. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I did get the, the black t-shirt memo because I was told, don't wear any brands. <laughs> Very funny, guys. I'll let you two have your moments continuing for the rest of the show. I'm just this is an interview show. Try to be oh. professional. I have a little decorum, all right? We've got the NXT champion on the line. I've been trying to be professional. I try to get you to tattoo him. <laughs> How's that not professional? I, I, I guess you're right. Thank you very much. Just a little bit of credit here. Thank you. Vic kind of touched on it earlier about how, what it would mean to have Randy Orton spend some time in NXT and how that could elevate everybody. Best case scenario, looking at the landscape right now. I mean, WrestleMania is around the corner. What's Finn Balor doing at WrestleMania weekend if you have your choice up and down the, the roster? Perfect world. Best case scenario. Wow. Well, so I, I don't know if this is common knowledge, but I've heard rumors that like NXT or uh, WrestleMania might be like a two-day event. Oh, that's confirmed. That, oh, that that's, confirmed. That, that's, yes. that's confirmed. Like for me personally, if I could defend the title one night on TakeOver and the next night on WrestleMania, that would be dream scenario for me. And, you know, double defense, you know, I really feel carrying cross. I empathize with his situation, having to like relinquish the title, being injured. Right. And like, you know, I th- really feel like he deserves a title shot, whether it's at TakeOver or WrestleMania or sooner or later, definitely deserves a title shot. If we could, you know, bang that one out at, you know, TakeOver and get the Finn Balor versus Edge the night after, I think that would be a, that would be dream scenario. For, he just for, called for a shot. Balor. I like it. I like it too. <laughs> I like it a lot. There's no reason to ask you if a match with Edge intrigued you because we all knew what the answer is going to be <laughs> at, at the end of the day. Of course it does. I'm going to ask you about that, Finn. You've been a fan of this business for a long, long time. What was it like for you being in your house inside the Capitol Wrestling Center as the NXT champion and have a Hall of Famer, Edge, who just won the Royal Rumble match, standing in your ring face-to-face, not from what we saw on TV, to Finn, the, the man? What did that feel like for you? Yeah, it was so cool in the sense that, like, obviously I've hugely admired Edge and Christian, uh, their whole careers as, as professionals. And then when I came to WWE and NXT, they had transitioned out into their retirement and, you know, they were doing other things. And, you know, I'd speak to them at length about how I admired how they gracefully transitioned out of wrestling into the next stage and the next chapter of their life. And, you know, how they done it with grace and respect and didn't kind of, you know, didn't kind of dwell too much on the past. They just moved on. And, you know, I really admired how they'd done that. And I expressed that I hoped I could, you know, have the same class and dignity to, you know, do that when it's my time. And had really no, like, idea or expectation that, you know, I would be in the ring with either of these guys, you know, at any time in my career. So having, you know, obviously that 
in-ring respect and life respect, you know, for Edge. And then to be able to share that moment in NXT, you know, a couple of weeks ago was just, it was pretty mind-blowing for, you know, Finn as a human outside of wrestling. Vic, what was going through your mind as a fan? You've got you've got your peer, and you've got yeah. Edge, who we've gotten all to know pretty well. Uh, what, what did that feel like for you? Because I know ultimately, at the end of the day, there are still things that excite us sitting at ringside. As soon as I heard that theme go off and the smoke go, I kind of stopped. To be fair, like I lost what was going on. I couldn't hear anything, and then to look in the ring and see someone that I respect and and Finn Balor, and, and the list goes on with Pete Dunne and. I was like, holy bleep, this is, could happen. Like, this is <laughs> awesome. This was a moment for me. It's one of those that I have written down, like, work with Edge. Like, this is one of the dream things. I just want to say Edge is coming to the ring. So, for me, it was like, oh, unbelievable. I mean, I, I don't know if I could properly describe it. More so if now they go to WrestleMania against each other. Well, I'm going to get to call that. No, 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 no. Another thing for me was, like, obviously, you know, we get so caught up in what we're doing and, you don't really understand what you're doing at the time until like you look back, you know, a couple of months later, even sometimes a couple of years later and you go, Oh wow, that was a really cool night. And you know, when it happened on the Wednesday night, I thought, wow, this is cool. But you know, I become so used to being around edge, you know, in the locker room or, or backstage or at events that, you know, I was accustomed to being around them and you kind of forget that, you know, the interaction that you had was on TV. And one thing that, I noticed the next day, the Thursday morning was like, I was getting texts from my buddies at home in Ireland who I've been text friends with my whole life that never text me about wrestling. They never text me about a takeover or WrestleMania and nothing. And, you know, and the Thursday morning, they're all texting me. Hey man, what's Edge like? Was he cool? You know? (laughs) And that's like, when, you know, ah, that's like something that's like a different level because like my real friends from home from the street I grew up in are texting me about this guy, you know? So yeah, that, yeah. That, you know, they, they don't care about the matches and stuff. But they're like, Oh, was Edge cool? No, he, he's a legend. You know, what was he like? So, uh, <laughs> so, so that's, that's when I knew it was like a different level. Yeah. I'm still thinking about that moment because it is, it is awesome. And the one thing that it brings me back to Finn is Finn and Edge would be great, but I look at NXT as the brand that we, that we represent that you're the champion of. Is this the best version of Finn Balor in your entire career right now in NXT? So far. So So far. Perfect answer. Love it. And I'm going to ask you this. To that same point, having been the guy who was there for the initial wave when NXT first blew up, uh, when you and Joe and Shinsuke, when, when NXT really hit that stride, compare that NXT to this NXT. What's different? What's similar? I'll tell you what's different. Uh, what's different is in the past, it was very much like a us against the world. Right. Uh, I, I remember that. Like, yeah. yeah. And it was like, uh, you know, we're all together. We're all, we are NXT and we are trying to prove ourselves together against the world. And now feels very much like everyone is their own individual. Everyone's out there to prove themselves. And, you know, it's competitive. And it wasn't as competitive as it was in the past. It, it, it was competitive against everyone else, but as a group now, it's individually right. competitive. Whereas like, I know I'm the champion and I know everyone wants to challenge me. In the past, that wasn't necessarily the case. It was like, Finn's the champ, but we're all working together for the same goal. Now I know everyone's looking at me saying, I want to be the champ. And I think that's the real difference in the, in the mindset of, 
it's gone from being a team group to being very much uh, an individual uh, you know, goal for someone you know, to be the champ or, or to be the best or to prove themselves. Very, very well said. Very, very well explained. Because I've, I've wondered that. Because a lot of the guys, all of us, all of the, the former NXT guys, I mean, your Rollins and anybody you, that was around for those days, you look back so fondly and it's kind of like, oh, well, those kids these days, they're not the same. They don't have it like we have it. So, <laughs> so I'm very curious, do you have a, a front row seat for it and a, a very uh, valuable perspective on that? So I'm glad I got that answer. Finn, is there anything uh, you would care to share with the world before we let you go about your business? No, I'm happy as can be, boys. I'm very grateful to be on the show. Graves, it's been too long. Vic, I'm sure I'll see you on, uh, on I Wednesday. I see you every Wednesday, man. I appreciate <laughs> it. Whenever we get our five minutes together, just yeah. to go back and forth. Well, now you have the right phone number to use, so uh, let's keep in touch a little bit better. Let's not, <laughs> let's not wait so long. <laughs> yeah. Right now, well, I'm glad you're in a good place, man. I'm enjoying the hell out of what you're doing every single time you're on my TV screen. Keep up the good work, and uh, here's to hopefully seeing you twice on WrestleMania weekend. All right. Cheers, <laughs> brothers. Appreciate you guys. Man, what an awesome chat. It's always good to catch up with the NXT champion, Finn Balor. He's in a great place. Always welcome here on ATB. I guess it's one of the perks of having Vic here. Well, By the way, dude, just I got to you asked um, me at the start about Valentine's Day and we talked about the donuts and the week and stuff like that. Then you talked to Finn about Valentine's Day and we heard a great answer. You said you won Valentine's Day. But you never told us what you did for Valentine's Day. So right now you're just like an unheralded champion that awarded yourself a, a, a trophy. What did Corey Graves do for Valentine's Day? Well, that's for me to know. And you no, know, it is not for you to know. It's yeah, for me because to you're find not, out. No, no. Well, maybe right we'll, 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 we'll let this question linger for a while, much like last week when you teased a story about you nearly dropping dead during takeover 30 and then you didn't deliver Vic that can be put off to next week Valentine's no. Day is the here and now is literally this past Sunday takeover 30 was man that was in September people don't want to know about what happened at takeover 30 I think people they would be very know. interested in knowing about Vic Joseph nearly passing out at the wow. desk I think over 30 I think people are more interested in hearing about the Cupid of Corey Graves shooting his arrow well guess what I'm removing your wings. You are no longer the co-pilot of this flight. How in the hell does this what? happen every week? You see, you, you got too comfortable, Vic. Are you going to tell us the story or not? Are you going to disappoint the ATB faithful once again? Yes, I will tell the story. Great. But don't think you're getting away with not telling us what okay. you did Valentine's Day. Sure. So anyways, the, the, the long and short of it is takeover with the pre-show, you would say is how long, Graves? Three? Three hours? Roughly. Sure. So we get through the pre-show just fine. We get through match one, which I think was Finn Balor and Timothy Thatcher. I think that yep. was the first match. Yep. Then we get into the second match. Now, mind you, we still have the third match, the fourth match, championship match. list goes on. And as this match is going on. It was mid-North American championship ladder match. Ladder match. Uh, Corey and I are calling the match, and we're going into it. And I want to let everyone know this story has never been shared before. Ever. As we're calling this match, I get so into these matches. And I mean, I get into the matches because I am genuinely a fan of everyone that's in the ring and a fan of professional wrestling to the point where I got so into it. My adrenaline was running so much that I started to go this way. And Corey couldn't really hear what I was saying into the microphone. And then I had to come back up and start talking into the mic. And Corey looks at me and goes, what the hell's going on? I was passing out on air. In the second match of the night, I was literally putting my head on the desk, passing out because my, and I'm not diabetic, my blood sugar level was just dropping. 
to the point where somehow I'm still calling the match. Corey's actually concerned about me for the first time in my life. Looking at me like poking me with his finger, like, dude, are you alive during the match? Calling it, looking into our spy cam, like what's going on? Can someone help him? I'm texting to Mario, bring me candy. Tamario's our stage manager for for reference. And what do we see Tamario doing? Strolling leisurely in no hurry. I am already uncomfortable because I haven't called a takeover in several years. It's you and I, and and Beth is in outer space at this point. Right. She wasn't, I forgot about that. Beth was in Carolina, had no idea what was going on. Right. So I'm watching you slowly fade into oblivion as I am trying to keep the ship from going down uh, and T-, T is in no particular hurry to bring you any sort of sugar uh, until I <laughs> stand up on the platform and begin flailing my arms like a psychopath trying to get T to step up his speed so that Vic doesn't actually pass out in the middle of takeover. And to, to, to Mario's credit, he started running a little bit faster. He runs up the scale because we weren't on the ground either. We were suspended in the air on that perch on that platform. So he had to run around. It wasn't like I could just take my headset off and go walk somewhere to grab something to eat real quick. We can't talk to each other off camera or off air because we're live the entire time. So nobody knew what was going on except for you and I, and I might've even wrote like blood sugar, but it was like a BL something, something D S something R. And you're just like, I I think he's going to die. Yeah. When Vic starts writing in hieroglyphics in the middle of a championship match. I, and I, I already look like Casper and I was way more pale than I normally am. Something was rough with me, but there we made go. it through. There's the story. There's the story out. that six people have been tweeting about for the entire week. And so six, six people, people I know listening. That they're they're much me. happier now. That's right. That is that is so congratulations to them. So Valentine's day. Ironically enough, Vic, out of time crap. we are out of time. There we, uh, go. we want you guys to join the conversation. Use the hashtag after the bell and follow the show at after the bell WWE on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Follow me at WWE graves. You can find Mr. Vic at Vic Joseph WWE. If you're using Apple podcasts, throw us five stars, please. And subscribe. If you're using Android, ATBs on Spotify, Pandora, iHeartRadio, and Google Podcasts so that you never have an excuse to miss an episode, keep up with all your favorite WWE podcasts on the podcast network at WWE Podcasts on all social media platforms. I will be back next week. And I'm coming back too. I don't know about all that. Come on. More wisdom, more vitriol, potentially less Vic Joseph, and more WWE after the belt.